What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncensored Christian Podcast, where we help real people with real problems meet the real God. I hope this message uplifts you and inspires you. And if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave a rating and review. Enjoy the message. If you missed last week's message, you gotta listen to it. It's called Calling Out Christians. And I know that sounds brutal, but the whole purpose of that message was to be a reminder that sometimes we can get complacent in how we're living. It was it was meant to be a reminder that there are things that we were are called to do as followers of Christ that if we get too comfortable, we can stop doing. And I know for, for myself, it was more of like a message for calling me out because I know there's been so many areas that I failed in my walk with Christ. And it was a reminder to show us that there are things in our purpose that we have not lived up to. And right now, we are living in a season of reminders. Like look at 2020. 2020 has been a crazy, crazy, terrible, no good, bad, bad year. 2020 has not been good. But we're in a season of reminders right now. We're being reminded that life is short. We're being reminded that there are things that no matter how strong we may think we are, that no matter how advanced we may think we are, that there can be enemies that are invisible to our own eye that can completely wipe out world economies and completely wipe out human life. We're being reminded that we cannot take anything for granted in this season because what we used to take for granted, the jobs that we used to take for granted, the the life that we used to take for granted, we're being reminded that it can so easily be ripped away. And I know recently we've been reminded that in the hearts of some people, there are still things like bigotry and brutality. And we're being reminded that in this world, even though most of it is good, there is still a a battle between good and evil. And, And when I think of reminders and being reminded, what I think about is phone reminders, like what you got on your phone. If you could look at my reminders right now, it's pretty sad. You would probably think I suffer from some type of short-term memory loss with how many reminders I got on my phone. I got at least 10 plus at a time. And I think the reason why it is, is because in, especially in this world today, trust me, there are so many things that are pulling for our attention. There's so many things. You got the news, you got your phone, you got social media, all these things that are pulling for your attention that it's very easy to forget the very things that you should be remembering. So I'll put reminders on my phone and that stops the problem. Put a reminder in to get milk, go to the store, all these good things. But I put reminders in my phone so I do not forget things that are actually important for me to remember. And I think right now, God has been putting reminders into all of our lives in this season. God's putting a reminder that even though we think that everything is going good, there are things that can go bad. God's putting a reminder that when we feel like we are weak and unable to fight this battle, that God can come through and help us fight. God's trying to remind us that in in a in a season where everything seems broken and viruses continue to spread, that God can pick up the pieces. And there's a thing about reminders. And it's that reminders actually can bring you back to reality. 
I got a question for you. Have you ever been reminded with the reality that you haven't lived up to your purpose? I know that might not have made you feel good, but I'm going to say it again. Have you ever been reminded with the reality that you have not lived up to your purpose? I'm talking about God's purpose for you. I'm talking about the goals and the expectations that your parents set up for you. And you feel like you fell short because you didn't go to the college that they wanted or you didn't have the job that that they wanted or or maybe you had a, a rough childhood and you acted out in ways that you know you shouldn't have and it feels like you let your parents down. Or I'm talking about your own goals and your own purpose, your own expectations for what you should be living up to. Have you ever been reminded with the reality that you haven't lived up? to your purpose. There's something I want to be honest with you about. A struggle I had, something where I continually fell short of my purpose. And I want to tell you this story because I named this whole podcast Uncensored Christian for a reason because I want to be real and honest about the struggles that not only I face but so many people face in in their walk with God. Because there is a battle between your your flesh and and evil and and good and far too often I see Christians only talk about the good or talk about the easy things that they struggle with and they leave out the tough stuff. They leave out the the stuff that that keeps them up at night. And those are the things that we really should be talking about if we want to actually find freedom and walking with God. And, And what it is, is I used to struggle so bad with pornography. I had an addiction. It was like I was, I was chained to this thing And every single time that I fell short, all I could feel is just immense failure and shame. And if you've ever struggled with not just pornography, but any addiction, or if you've ever struggled with falling short of a goal or expectation or a purpose that you knew was laid out for you, you understand this feeling. It's an immense feeling of failure, of shame, worthlessness. Sometimes you even hate yourself. And you constantly feel like you're far, falling farther and farther away from the purpose that God has placed in you. But you know, I think sometimes we need to be reminded of the things that we once did. I think sometimes we need to be reminded in that season of, of the fact that we are forgiven. I think it's so good. We need to be reminded that we are forgiven so in other situations when someone wrongs us, we can forgive them. I think we need to be reminded that that we are broken so that we know that we have a God that picks up the pieces. We need to be reminded that we are loved even though we hate ourselves. We need to be reminded that we are in his grace even when it feels like we don't even want to be in his presence because of how far we fell short of our purpose. And I want to get into the text today. And I know you're wondering, come on, Dante, I haven't heard a single Bible verse, dude. Well, I'm getting into it. We going straight into it and we going hard. Joshua 13 verse one. This is the text I want to go over today. When Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, you are growing old and much land remains to be conquered. Now, when I first read this, I thought, oh, that's a punch to the gut. That kind of hit hard, God. Like, you swinging for the fences because Joshua's purpose was to lead the Israelites into the promised land. 
And God's reminding him in this moment that he's old and there's still much land to be conquered, that he fell short of his purpose. And I put myself in Joshua's shoes because I could imagine how he might have felt because at least for me, I'm my worst critic. So I don't need somebody else to, to tell me that I'm doing something wrong or that I'm falling short. And I can just imagine how Joshua probably felt before God even said anything to him because he's probably just sitting there looking over the situation in his life and he's probably realizing, you know, dang, Joshua, you're getting old, dude. Um, things are sagging. <laughs> that didn't used to sag, man. Um, it, you're getting achy. You can't swing a sword like you used to. You can't, you can't give a shout like you used to. You can't run with your fellow soldiers like you used to. You're, you're getting old. And I'm sure Joshua realized this. And I'm sure he looked out and, and realized that there's so much more left to be fulfilled in the purpose that he was given. And I'm sure he probably was his worst critic. I mean, I, at least I would have been. I would have definitely reminded myself that I fell short of what God called me to be. And I can imagine it maybe added insult to injury when God said, hey, Joshua, I mean, you're getting old, dude. And there's still much land to be conquered. But I don't think that God was reminding him of the situation to shame him. What God was doing was reminding the situation to show him. What do you mean? I mean, look back on Joshua's life. Because Joshua became the leader of the Israelites when Moses died. The leader who, who you once saw as this great man is now dead. And it's now your job to lead this entire people into a promise that you haven't even seen. Into a promise that, that's not even yours. And you have to trust in God to do this. And Joshua did that. He trusted in God. And because of that, God allowed him and, and walked him through all of the battles. And overall, Joshua conquered 31 kings. That's 31 cities. That's 31 areas that Joshua conquered in the progress of reaching the promise that God gave to the Israelites. And now God's reminding him that he came up short. But I think what God is doing here is not trying to shame him. What God is trying to do is show Joshua that where he was is not where he is. Where he was, a young man that just watched his leader die, and now he has to take the reins and lead an entire people into a promised land that's not yet theirs, and they have to battle an entire people that they are probably afraid to fight, that where he was is not where he is. And where he is in this moment is an old man who did conquer 31 kings, who reached an, an enormous amount of the promise, but God's trying to show him that, hey, even though you did all these things, that where you are is not where I ultimately want you to be. Where the Israelites are in this promise is not where I ultimately want them to be. And I think what God is trying to show us right now is that in our lives, where we are is not where God wants us to be. Where we were in the pandemic is not where we are now. And you're probably thinking, well, where we are now is even worse than where we were. And you may be right. But what God is trying to show somebody today is that where we are in this pandemic is not where he has planned for us to go. Where we are in this pandemic is not where we are supposed to be. In this in this virus, where we are in this virus is not the victory that God 
has planned for us. And how do I know this? Because after God reminded Joshua that, that there's so much more land to be conquered, he laid out all the different areas that Joshua still needed to conquer. And after that, in verse 6, this is what God says. God tells Joshua, I myself will drive these people out of the land ahead of the Israelites. And I love this. Because what God was trying to show Joshua this entire time, he wasn't trying to shame him. He wasn't trying to show him that, that what he did was wrong and that he was a failure and he couldn't live up to his purpose. What God was trying to show Joshua is that even though Joshua gave it his all and he came up short, God is able to finish the battle for him. God said, I'm going to drive these people out so the Israelites can walk into the promised land. God's letting him know you gave your all. You fought the way I wanted you to fight. You you walked in everything I commanded you to do, but there is still a promise remaining that I need to fulfill. And I need somebody to know today that no matter how far you fall short of what God is wanting you to do, God is ready to finish your fight. Man, I cannot tell you how many times this could have helped me. I cannot tell you how many times I felt shame because I continuously fell short of the purpose that God had for me. I can't tell you all many all the times I felt like a failure in my inability to save myself. But God's trying to let somebody know today that even if you fall short of your purpose, I'm willing to pick up the pieces and finish your fight. And I love what God says after this. Because in verse 7, after God says, I'll drive these people out so the Israelites can walk through, he says, so be sure to give this land to Israel as a special possession. Just as I have commanded you, include all this territory as Israel's possession when you divide this land among the nine tribes and the half tribes of Manasseh. I don't think you realize how powerful that is. Because I think we just read it and we might have skipped over how truly powerful it is because what God is telling Joshua to do when he divides the land to the Israelites, when he gives the promised land to the Israelites, God's saying, not only do I want you to give the land that you've already conquered, but I want you to give the land that you have not yet even seen. I want you to give what you don't even possess. And I think what God is trying to get someone to see today, that there are promises that God has already given you. There are promises that God has already spoke into your situation that you have not even seen. And God's trying to get someone to see that there may be a situation that you don't see a way out of. And God has already promised you provision. God's already promised you. Boy, there are some jobs. There are some promotions. There are some relationships that God is already preparing for you that you can't even see. Mm. But oftentimes, in this preparation that God does for us, we forget him. Oftentimes, we forget God in the preparation and only remember him in the problem. And... And what happens is we become reminded of God when there's turmoil and we forget that he exists when there's, when there's peace. You say, Dante, what do you mean? What, what I mean is so often in our lives and boy, especially in mine, when things are going good, we don't even include God 
and what we're doing. When things are going good, we completely forget about God when things are going good. But the second that something goes wrong, the second that we need help, the second that we see evil and injustice, the first thing we're saying is, God, where are you? God, where were you? How could you allow this to happen? God, save me. And we'll run to God when we have a problem. But in the preparation and in the process, we forget that God is with us. And I've been trying to unpack this idea, this idea that uh, on our propensity to, to treat God as almost unnecessary when life is good. And then we treat him as a novelty when life isn't so good. And, and I feel like at least in how I've been trying to, to understand this is that there may be two ways that this comes to pass. And the first thought I had is, well, maybe it's because in our culture, we have become so individualistic. And now don't get me wrong. Individualism is great because in cultures before, they didn't care about the individual. What the individual wanted and desired was put behind what was best for the group and the collective. I mean, there's so many, there's so many cultures back in, back, back in the day where if you grew, if you were born into a family where where your fathers and your mothers made shoes. That's what you were expected to do. And you didn't have a choice. You were going to make shoes or you weren't going to do anything. And, and if you had the desire to be an artist or to dance or to pursue something else, that wasn't something that was possible because you had to continue to do what was best for the collective. So individualism in many ways is so good because it allows us to, to live freely and allows us to worship freely. And it allows us to, to use our God-given talents and abilities to worship God. But I, I think maybe in our society, we've gotten too far into the idea of individualism. And I think what happens in this idea where, where we almost neglect God when things are going good is that we've, we've created this idea where the individual is supposed to create their own life, where they're supposed to create their own path, where they're supposed to create their own purpose. And so when things are going good, we attribute that to, to us and to our actions, that we must have made good choices, that that it was by our effort that we got the job, or it was by our charm that that we got the girl. And, and every good thing that comes, we attribute to our own individual ability. And that's maybe why we forget God. And then once all of a sudden something wrong happens or something evil happens, we come to realize that that there are things out of our own individual control, that there are things so far beyond our human control and our individual ability that we need to run to God to solve the problems. Or then we, we question God as to why he would let something happen as if our our finite mind and our our such a small and confined way of being able to understand and think can somehow question an infinite God. And that's the first way I've, I've thought about this is, is, is in that way. And then the second way of the reason why maybe we don't include God in our day-to-day -day good things that are happening and we run to him when things go bad is I think maybe at times we know that God is a personal God, but we don't know it. You know what I mean? We we know at the textual level when we read the Bible that God's a personal God because that's what it says in the Bible. But at a personal experience level, we don't know that God is personal. We don't we don't know it enough to trust it. So when when things are going good, we may figure, well, why would God care? Or we may figure, why would I need to include God in in such, you know, 
little trivial things in my life. And then when things go bad, that's when we turn to God because we may think that he cares more about the big bad things than, than the little good things that go in our life. And that's the farthest thing from the truth because our God is such a personal God. And I wish we would know this on a deep level, know this, that our God loves us so personally that he sent his only son to live as God on earth so that he could be with us, so, so that, that he could hug us and we could we could touch him. And we could feel the holes in his hand and, and we could see him crucified for the very thing that we should be up there for, that, that we can walk with him and talk with him and, and see miracles performed, that, that God wants to have so much personal relationship with us. But I don't know if we know that on a, on a deep, truthful level. But that's why he sent Jesus. And I, and, and I guess a way I could illustrate this in this idea of why maybe we neglect God when things are going good and then we're reminded of him when things go bad is I used to be in a culinary class. I used to be cooking. I mean, I was cooking. I was cooking meals. I was hooking it up, baking, everything. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm not the best cook. And you would think, you're not the best. I took two years of culinary class, and I'm still trash at cooking. That is a testimony to how much I did not listen in that class. And man, I wish I would have listened because I could be cooking like Bobby Flay right now. But instead, I don't. But imagine this. Imagine in my class, my chef, her name's Chef Austin. I love Chef Austin. She's the bomb. Imagine she said, hey, let's cook a meal. Because a lot of times we would go cook these meals, like full-on meals. We had all the ingredients, all the tools, everything. And we would go into the kitchen to cook this meal. And she said, I'm going to have you cook this meal that you've never cooked before. It takes a ton of technique, and you have to pay very close attention to how to do it because you could ruin it. So what she does to help us is she lays out this big old recipe, and it's a recipe that has guidelines on what to do, when to toss it in the oven, what spices to use, what kind of techniques to use to stir it up. And she hooks us up with this entire guideline to help us with this cooking process. But then also she says, hey, I'm going to be right here in the kitchen. If you need my help, Call me. I'm here. I got experience. I've been doing this for 10 years. I've done this meal a hundred times. I know how to do it. I'll be right here with you. I can talk with you. I can talk you through it. We're going to make this together. It's going to be great. So imagine I'm ready to cook this meal. And for some reason I say, you know what? I don't need this recipe put. Get it out of my face. I don't need it. I can do it on my own. Toss the recipe and the guidelines aside. And then I look my chef in the face and I say, you know what, chef? I don't need you right now. I know you an expert. I get it. You got the chef hat. Okay. You the teacher, but I can do this on my own. I don't need your help. And so I tell her to get away from me and then I start cooking this meal. And obviously it ends up being trash. It is moldy. I don't know how it could be moldy when it's fresh, but it is. It's moldy. It's got flies all around it. It's gross and disgusting. And the first thing that I do, my first response is to turn back to my chef and say, how could you? How could you let me fail like this? How could you allow something so gross to be on this plate? How could you allow me to trip up? Why weren't you there to help me? Why weren't you there to guide me, chef? Now you're probably thinking, well, how on earth could you ever accuse her of the fault that you made? Because you had the guideline, she gave it to you, but you threw it away. And she offered her help and said that she was going to be there with you through the entire thing and, and offer you guidance and wisdom. But you pushed her away. But then now when, when something bad arises, your first instinct is to blame her? 
And if you're not getting what I'm trying to say, this is how we've been treating God. God's given us this guideline called the Bible that that not only tells us how much he loves us and what he's here to do for us and how he sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins, but it, it gives us guidelines on how we should live so we can live a, a better and more fulfilling life. And then God also promises that he's there for us 24-7 through thick and thin, through the good and bad. And he offers his, his presence and his wisdom to us at all times. But for some reason, when it comes to living our life, we have a tendency to throw these things away. And then the second that something goes bad, the second that we see evil in the world, the second that something does not go as planned, our first instinct is to turn to God and say, how could you? Where were you? I need your help. Why did you allow this? And I think what we need more than ever is a rewind in the mind. Because for too long, we've been reminding God that we have problems instead of reminding our problems that we have God. Ooh, that was so good. I got to say it again. We've been reminding God that we have problems instead of reminding our problems that we have God. We have come to God to stop the pain instead of walking with God to prevent it. There's so many situations where this happened. We'll come to God to when we're broke because of our spending habits, but instead of seeking God's wisdom first on staying disciplined with what we've been given, we'll come to God when we want to stop our daughter from messing around with all these random boys instead of teaching her from the get-go that it's not that her value is not found in their attention, but found in God's unconditional love. And what we need to see is we need to be reminded that even though we continuously fall short, we have a savior that is ready to fight our battles for us. And Jesus came as that reminder. Jesus came to remind us that we have a God that wants relationship, that we have a God that wants to be all up in our business, that we have a God that loves us so much that he put himself on the cross for something that we did. And Jesus came to remind us what love looks like. He came to remind us what forgiveness looks like. He came to remind us what healing looks like. And he came to remind us that by our own strength, we cannot finish the battle, but through him, we can do all things. Father God, I thank you for this word. Oh, I feel it so much. Lord, I thank you so much that you constantly remind us that without you, we fall short. I thank you so much that that in our shame and in our failures and in our weakest moments, you remind us that you are strong, that you give us grace and that you love us in our darkest moments. Lord, I pray that you help remind us every day that you want relationship with us, that you want to be with us in the good times and in the bad and, and, and help us remember that you want to walk with us through all of it. Jesus name I pray. Amen. I thank y'all so much for hanging out today and for checking out this message. I hope that you go listen to the other messages. There's so many more that I feel that could uplift you. If you want to support the podcast, leave a review, hit the like button, share it with your friends. And if you want to support the podcast monetarily, there's a link in the description below. Y'all thank y'all so much for hanging out with me today. And I hope you have a great day. Peace out.